0: Coming up, what an excellent day for a PSA. and welcome to Minute 42 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan-Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz, And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. All right, so our minute begins with the
1: end of that fight between Carl and Burke. And it ends with Chris and Sharon closing the door as Burke leaves. Mm. Bye, Burke! Bye See bye, you bugger. on set on Monday. Yep. Have a good weekend.
0: Definitely come in a set on Monday. You'll be there. <laughs> text us when you get home.
1: I'm the worst at that. I never do that when people tell oh, me to. You would drive me absolutely <laughs> insane. The way, the places
0: that my mind goes when somebody I care about gets home and doesn't text and I'm like.
1: Ah. Yeah, you know, I fly, I split my time between Las Vegas and um and Tennessee, and uh, yeah, I, I'll be like, all right, they'll be like, all right, let me know when you when you land in Tennessee. All right, mom, and then it's oh yeah, like two days later, like oh yeah, I forgot, yeah. I, I'm here in Tennessee, <laughs> everything's fine. Oh. Burke, I think, would be a terrible texter when he gets oh, home. No.
0: He would absolutely, he would, he would, um, he would, uh, he would actually call you and yell at you for something he just remembered to say at the party. Add <laughs> <that> another
1: thing. <laughs> You cunting <laughs> Boar right. This is Burke Dennings by the way <laughs> <laughs> The director <laughs> This would be after After he's
0: after he's unloaded everything He's right like exactly. this, this is Burke Dennings by the way <laughs>
1: As if we didn't know Oh my god um, uh, So I don't know if you want to keep this in Because this is a Woody Allen story I have a lot of Woody oh. Allen stories <laughs> <laughs> Um, but apparently one of the things that Woody Allen does that's very nice is Uh that when he offers, so let's say he, um, he offers you a part in his movie, Uh he, um, he sends you a letter. Okay. And it says, hello, my name is Woody Allen. I'm a director. (laughs) And I was wondering if you'd like to be in my movie. And so so if you've been in his movie several times, like say this is your third Woody Allen movie, Uh he would still send you a letter. And it says, hello, I don't know if you remember me. Uh, I'm Woody (laughs) Allen. I directed you in The Purple Rose of Cairo. And I was wondering if you'd like to be in my next
0: movie. (laughs) Well,
1: that is
0: a Woody Allen story.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't need to have music for <laughs> and that's a Woody Allen story. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow, well, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> but thank thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> um, it's like, oh, all the listeners are like, oh, he's sweating. What's Lester are going to do? <laughs> um okay but yeah yeah let's see how the that fight was resolved uh so in the previous minute we saw that chris sharon and the ad that's the ad right
1: the assistant director of the movie yes yeah I okay think, yeah we're gonna see him later right yeah we're, we're definitely he's see not him identified here but right. yeah that's the same guy
0: yeah um they're trying to pry carl and burke off each other uh, willie actually takes carl away and everyone else is crowded around burke and i think this next bit is a perfect characterization of Burke. Um, after all that, we have a very self-satisfied Burke and he claps his hands together and he says, what's for dessert?
1: Right. right. And again, in the script, that goes a little bit longer. So the editor uh, and William Friedkin have figured out, oh, it's best right on that button. Oh, yeah. I and like then, that better. Yeah, yeah. And then in the book, it goes on even longer than in the screenplay.
0: Right. I like I like the last little line in the scene in the book. It's like, oh, you've noticed that too. Like he's genuinely like puzzled about priests being there. <laughs> but I would I would equally have liked it if they just cut at what's for dessert because that's that's a perfect – that's a perfect end
1: right there. Right. It's a, yeah. It tells you everything you need to know. And then, and then Chris's just sort of stunned reaction is, mm-hmm. uh, is everything that she would have been performing in the next couple of lines. Right. that's right. Uh, I don't know if I said this before, but that's this advice that Tarantino has when he writes his scripts. Or I don't know mm-hmm. if this is um, – he says this is his process. It might be early on, right, because this is a guy who's been writing and directing movies for 30 years. But, right. But he said that he um, he would go through as he's revising and cut out the last two lines of every scene. Oh so you know maybe maybe at maybe now when he's making movies it's just sort of internalized that he starts to cut off scenes earlier rather than like right uh what's for he dessert? writes them with the lines cut out already. exactly right right but it's really good to, uh, so i've done that with students sometimes like oh wow that's much better because oftentimes it's like it's like here's the line the emotional climax of the of the scene here's the here's the button for it and mm-hmm. then well that was quite something oh yeah that sure was well i'll mm-hmm. see you tomorrow i'll see you on the movie set on monday burke <laughs> yes yes well we'll see about that right um so yeah a lot of that is just sort of, um, uh, you know, it's best to cut all that stuff out, right?
0: Yeah. No,
1: I am your father.
0: <laughs> no, that's not true. No, really, like really, I am. I'm, I'm totally your father. <laughs> like, like here, this is like, like let me just like break it down for you,
1: right? Like in um in the Godfather, he says, no, you know, uh, we're not going to get uh, Wolf uh, to um Waltz to agree to to get uh, Johnny Fontaine in the movie, and, and uh, he says, well, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse, an offer, an offer. <laughs>
0: What do do you mean, boss? By which I mean I'm going to actually threaten his life.
1: Oh, boss, I don't know if you should have said that. This place has been bugged. (laughs) The feds is listening. We had the exterminator over here a while ago. Oh, the boss is getting old. (laughs) He's getting mushy, but we love him. We love your Grandpa
0: Boss. You can barely read the cute cards.
1: <laughs> Here's what I think of your cute cards. Hey. hey. Oh,
0: who left uh, this cat here? Oh. <laughs> I love
1: cats. Uh, or, uh, okay, how about um, <laughs> the last line of uh, It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> Teacher says, whenever a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Well, that's, that's a strange thing for them to be teaching you down to that school, Zazu. You
0: know, what's, what's your teacher's name? Uh, <laughs> I think we got to have a, a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> right. uh,
1: Shouldn't they be teaching you how to, how to do this new math? Yeah. <laughs> you know, church and state. I mean, uh,
0: <laughs> talking about angels. I, I mean, I just literally met one, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. This is why we're, we're falling behind the Soviets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know there's a cold war on Zazu?
0: <laughs> Ash, not what your country can do for you. Oh, boy. God. Red Rob. <laughs> red, it's murder. It's murder backwards. Uh, it's like, but this is how I can communicate. This is the only way I know how to communicate. Red Rob. But it's murder backwards. <laughs>
1: Oh, Tony, you go back in my son's mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, context, folks, context.
1: Right. That makes perfect sense, I believe, if you know yes. the, the Shining. But. If
0: you know The Shining, if you know Kubrick's Shining. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tony, so we'll keep... you get right back in my son's mouth. <laughs> Man, I, I know I just said that, but that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Talking about Oscar Wilde there, right. <laughs> I just made a quip <laughs> and made myself laugh. Uh-huh. This is where our listeners are like, okay, okay, guys. Right, we're done. Come on, come on. Come on. Stop. Okay. We All sat right. through the Jesuit Dean stuff. Come on. Are we, are we talking about a movie here? Come on.
1: We're talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talking, we're
0: talking about lots
1: of movies. Lots All of you. movies.
0: Um, I'll be right <laughs> here. But not physically. Not
1: physically. <laughs> I will be in space. It's a metaphor.
0: <laughs> I don't know what beer is, but I know what a metaphor is. <laughs> oh, God. Do you, have, do you have any more Reese's pieces? Hey. Okay. <clears throat> um,. What's for dessert? Yeah. So, so yeah, the last thing we had was, um, was what's for dessert, right? Right. Um, and then we cut from there to a shot of Reagan in bed. Uh, behind her is the infamous window, which I'm pretty sure is open, though it is out of focus. Uh, the curtains are fluttering, mm-hmm. maybe not as much as they were in previous shots, just some faint, gentle fluttering, some movement in the back some there.
1: Wind. Yeah.
0: And, uh, in the foreground, uh, like I said, Reagan appears to be asleep. We have some light moving over her face, and at first, uh, we don't know what it is. Uh, The light appears to be moving, and I was like, who's shining a flashlight in this kid's face while she's trying to sleep? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we see that it's not the light that was moving. It's a shadow moving in front of the light. It's Chris's shadow. Uh, her hand comes into frame as she pulls the covers up over Regan, tucking her back
1: in. I, I, I was wondering about this light that's coming. It really helps us like focus on Regan and gives us this weird this weird sort of eerie feeling, even though like everything else is in there. Yeah. So I'm not sure what it is. I, there's two options. Is that the filmmakers are doing this with some kind of bounce board or some other, you know, um, like purposefully shining this light on her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Potentially what it might also be um, – is some kind of metal fixture on the door opening.
0: Okay.
1: But it wouldn't quite explain the kind of swivelly, weird feeling that it has. So Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing this on my point is they're doing this on purpose, and it's a really nice way into the into the scene where we're wondering what's happening, even though what the answer turns out to be something innocuous. Oh, the mother's coming in to tuck her in. Right, right. right but it kind of gives us something something something
0: so i mean your question is not like how they did it but like what it's supposed to like be in the world right
1: um yeah i guess i have both of those yeah both of those questions so like um yeah what is this light it's not meant to be literally a flashlight that chris um is is pointing at her daughter's face right right. right?
0: (laughs) reagan are you asleep
1: Yeah. So it's not literally that. Um, yeah. Are we, are we trying to motivated by, oh, it's something on the back of the door or something like that? Mm.
0: But, yeah. I always took it as like, this is like the light from the hall, like her door is open mm-hmm. and like we get the movement because like Chris moves into the doorway. I thought, but yeah, but the shadow, is- is,
1: the light that comes in is pretty straight up and down, like the door opening though. Yeah. It's yeah. not like it doesn't match Chris's silhouette.
0: Right. Right. So weird. Okay. So yeah, we got, um, like all all of these things, like all at once, like the very first, like couple of seconds of this, uh, scene are posing a bunch of questions, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, Oh, is that the window in the back? What's, what's the light on her face? Whose hand is that? Mm -hmm. Right. Is she really
1: sleeping? Is she
0: really sleeping? Right. Yeah. We got four questions (laughs) before Chris leads into, uh, the frame and she asks the question, right? She says, are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. Um, actually what it sounds like is like, are you sleeping? Um, (laughs) and, and I like this touch. I, I don't, I don't know if, um, Bladdy put it there or Friedkin or maybe, maybe Ellen Burson made that choice. But I like that Chris and Reagan have their own private way of talking, right? Because that's how you, that's how you do with kids, right? Like, uh, you know, mom and dad, um, you know, have like their own like private personal language with their, with their children, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and that's very real. And it also speaks to where mom's feelings are about whether or not Reagan is, uh, still a little girl. Because if you're mutually acknowledging the fact that she's growing up, then you might not use baby words like that, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you might if you want to like respect that, like, hey, mom, I'm not a baby anymore. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a teenager now, right? Maybe you wouldn't say, "Are you sleeping?" Mm-hmm. Right? Um, or maybe you would. I don't know. I, I think parents, you know, like like to parents, we're always you know babies, no matter how old, mm-hmm. they are, right?
1: Yeah, but you have to like consciously be like, okay, well, I'm going to change our our word that I use for <laughs> for sleep or for food or for bath time or whatever. That'd be, be a conscious choice to do that from parent, I would imagine.
0: Right? Yeah. Um, and we don't get an answer from Reagan. Uh, perhaps she really is asleep. But as Mom exits stage right and Reagan is all alone on stage, we realize that we have once again fallen into a Shakespeare trap.
1: Oh! Oh no. <music>
0: Yeah, so Reagan opens her eyes, and just like a monologue or a soliloquy, it is only for our benefit, right? Nobody else is in that room, so she's opening our eyes for us. Um, this is an intimate moment between the audience and the player on stage, and they are letting us in on a secret. And the secret here is that Reagan is awake. Or actually, uh, here's a question, Keenan: Who is this? Who opened Reagan's eyes? Is is Reagan asleep? Is someone else looking at us now?
1: Uh, huh that's a good question i i read it as reagan i don't know i guess until who that is a tough question (laughs) we're gonna see reagan i was gonna say so my initial blush was like i don't think that captain howdy can control reagan yet or Mm. isn't choosing like like control her body right but in the next couple of minutes there's something that's pretty inexplicable that that we'd have to say would be captain howdy controlling her but i guess if, right. if she's not like green i don't know is it captain howdy in there <laughs> right right
0: it's it's like it's hard to be, like even doing this thing you know minute by minute mm-hmm. we're like oh let's let's dissect let's see exactly when it's eileen Deets. let's see exactly when it's linda blair but then also if we try that with like let's see the exact moment when reagan gets possessed i don't think we can do it i, think, I don't think so yeah i think blatty and freak can kind of expertly kind of like insidiously um is kind of like filtering in captain howdy and yeah it's it's kind of like up to us to to decide whether or not this is reagan or this is captain howdy or or maybe uh, a little bit of both i don't know Um, right yeah
1: um i guess you could argue that the the reagan that we're seeing is always captain howdy like um Mm. or at least under influence right because we have the ouija board scene but it's not to say that um it's not to say that she hasn't, like, we don't hear when she's like, oh, I opened this this morning. So this is the first right. time I've been playing with it. She has been playing with it. So, so potentially Captain Howdy has always been with the Reagan that we get to see.
0: Mm. In the book, uh, there is, I think it comes a little bit later, but there are moments where, um, There's, there's this very, very distressing scene where Reagan is running through the house. Like she, she screams like mom is, mom is somewhere else. And she hears her daughter scream. And then Reagan runs downstairs and says that Captain Howdy is chasing her Mm. and he can, he can, or she can see him. And it's like, Oh, there he is. There he is. And, you know, she's like trying to get behind mom and she's running. And then like there's a visual moment where it seems as if like something got her Mm -hmm. and. Like now she's being like slammed up against the wall or slammed down onto the floor, and it's like, oh, he's biting me, he's kicking me, he's you know, he's this, he's that. Um, but that happens like, at, like I can't remember. I think that happens after the party. So, yeah, who's to say like how much control Captain Howdy has yet?
1: Right, and and we don't we don't have. um now, talking back to like our our Tarantino talk about cutting out some of the things that we end up not needing that we think like we also don't have a scene where Howdy is is like you know with the pipe uh, like like oh well you see at first I had trouble getting into Reagan and I uh, yes. chased her around and I'd get fleeting moments like when I pissed on your rug however <laughs> I still had to <laughs> throw her around and and do you know, work on her defenses right we don't get that we don't Amazing, get a breakdown Captain about Howdy. it <laughs> uh, yes well elementary elementary my <laughs> dear mortals <laughs> quite simple. <laughs> Sherlock, howdy! <and> howdy. <laughs> yeah, well, once you discover that that young Reagan here likes cartoon motion pictures
0: mm.
1: <laughs> and sugar cereal, it was quite simple. <laughs> yeah, but but Reagan looking out at us, yeah, Shakespearean like, right? This is the movie version of a Shakespearean monologue, right? Where yes. this is mm-hmm. it's it's directly directed at us. It's a private mm-hmm. moment. It's all about her thoughts, right? Right. So we are we are. We're seeing her having thoughts, which is scary enough, I suppose, right? Right. Without knowing what they are. we have no are. idea, like, what, what are those? Oh, what are, right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's even more scary because we don't know what it is, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And, and, you know, there's innocent I, – I would often – sleep or pretend to be sleeping when my parents came in you know uh for whatever reason like oh i'm not not always like i'm getting away with something but just like oh i don't know if mm-hmm. i want to have a conversation or um yeah or oh it's just nice to see how they treat me when i am sleeping you know anything mm-hmm. like that right um or maybe they just maybe they want me to be asleep so we don't know why she's doing this here uh, yeah. pretending yeah. it could be completely nice innocuous childlike Could
0: be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe it it could be that she's, you know, she's just like a hundred percent Reagan, but she's just like dealing with stuff that she doesn't want to Uh bother her mom with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, cause mom's mom's still at the party. She's still having fun at the party. She doesn't want to bring mom down with like, Hey, you know,
1: like this captain howdy thing has gotten
0: worse and I got to talk to you about it,
1: you know? Um, And this is the, you know, so the movie version, the cinematic version of a monologue, obviously there are monologues in movies, but mm -hmm. I I think about this as a thought experiment a lot. Like if we had to be or not to be Uh the most famous soliloquy, if we were writing Hamlet from scratch and it wasn't based on a famous um, Shakespearean play or anything like that, to be or not to be would be a shot of Hamlet's face. He would then cut to a shot of the knife in his hand and then cut back to a shot of his face right right that's Precisely. the whole That's the whole thing right it's it's he's looking down oh gee should i should i be should i not be right all that mm-hmm. is implied by the visual um language of cinema uh to be hoity-toity about it but mm-hmm. um but of course when you're making a shakespeare adaptation you have to include all of it to be or not to be right. you can't cut that out right. <laughs> um but you know potentially if you were doing say i don't know if there's a lot of them like um there's there's like west side Story is an adaptation of romeo and juliet right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. uh there there's not the same um we don't we don't copy line for line you know and adapt it um oh the lion king uh, is a is a thing right and there's there's not quite a scene where um simba wants to kill himself he just sort of has the general he wants to do that all the time (laughs) (laughs) he has his he has his ethan hawk hair you know and he's Mm -hmm. like moody and (laughs) sort of sort of moping around a lot yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. we don't have a, a monologue about that
0: right to be king or not to
1: be king.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just make it a little bit lighter for the kids. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like still, still pretty heavy. Pretty uh, heavy. No, like, like there, are, there are a ton of uh, kind of like what I would call Shakespearean moments in in uh, other films that have nothing to do with Shakespeare, and mm-hmm. it's and it's because like I think you were talking about it before. It's like, did Shakespeare? mold and shape the way that we think
1: right so as much as we uh sort of make fun of ourselves and, and going into shakespeare like he's shaped the, not only the way that we think about drama and filmmaking but about human nature and psychology
0: right thought processes yeah. and, and things like that right and what you want to reveal versus what you want to like keep behind your your mask of you know whatever uh whatever character whatever player you are uh you're uh putting forth mm-hmm. yeah i i also wanted to bring you speaking of shakespeare this is great we're still in the trap Excellent. oh right um I wanted to bring something up uh, here uh, as we say goodbye to Burke. Oh, goodbye, minute. Burke. Goodbye, Burke. See you in the next minute. See you in the next minute. We'll definitely see you in the next minute. <laughs> we will absolutely see you. Um, this isn't goodbye. Like, goodbye. Let's say see you later. See you later. Uh, but no, I, but- so you guys, like you and Andy Keenan, uh, mentioned back in minute 14 how Jack McGowan played the fool in King Lear, uh, starring Paul Schofield. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I got really excited because, I, A, it was another King Lear reference. So we got Reagan mm-hmm. and Goneril and, and, and all that. And B, because that movie with Jack McGowan is, uh, uh, Carl's alibi. When Kinderman asks him where he was on the night of Burke's death, oh no yeah, and i didn't I didn't pick that up until like later. Carl basically says no, I wasn't with Burke that night. I was watching Paul Schofield and Lear, but that oh, means technically right. that means technically he was with Burke because Burke's in that movie, <laughs> or at least Jack McGowan is right <laughs> right. And, and, and it's even more fitting because Carl considers Burke to be a fool, which is uh, his character in King Lear. Right,
1: so, except the, the fool in King Lear speaks the truth and uh, yes. Burke does not.
0: <laughs> yes, the fool – the Jack McGowan's character in King Lear is smarter and more eloquent than Jack McGowan's character in The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, but but that Keenan, that means this is a universe where Burke Dennings and Jack McGowan – exist at the same time
1: love it <laughs> i love it um i remember meryl streep was talking about the hours her movie the hours and she said that uh-huh. she um that's one of the things you know i think she's being a little tongue-in-cheek but she said one of the reasons why she took the movie is that when she read the book um her name is mentioned she's a character in that world meryl streep uh-huh. like someone's <laughs> like oh i saw a meryl streep movie or something so i, I like that that even like when you are the best actor in the history of film. <laughs> you know, it's still like, oh, look, my name. They mentioned me and how great of yeah. an actor. That's nice. <laughs> uh, she, she seems to be genuine. I love her. She seems to be genuinely surprised when um, when people talk about her in those terms still or yeah. she's just the best actor in the world. Yeah. and she tricks us and she's really an egomania <laughs> oh boy but she's always like oh they like me that's so interesting does she write letters to people being like you may not remember me but <laughs> right but my name is a synonym for acting
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> you may not remember me but you've seen me in such movies as okay so yeah so uh, climbing out of the Shakespeare trap there we go oh. Uh, Okay. Okay. That was a deep one this time. Um, So, uh, we cut from uh, Reagan's face back to Burke. Uh, So, again, some time has passed. Burke is deeper in his cups. Uh, Chris and Sharon are helping him to the door. I imagine this is something they've done a hundred times. I was trying to work out what Burke was saying. Keenan, could you make any of that out?
1: Oh, shoot. Um... Hold on. Let me listen to it again. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. I have no idea. It sounds like he's singing. It sounds like he's singing or trying to sing something, but yes.
0: Yeah, subtitles say drunken singing, and oh. maybe, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, no, no, no. I, like at, at first, maybe I thought it was the the song that popped up in the X-ray down on thirty third and third, or mm. or toy toyed and toyed right. as they say it in the song. But but that's what's going on in the next minute, right? So when Father Dyer, like when Father Dyer is on the piano, so maybe he's trying to sing along, but but he's not even coming from the room where they're all singing. It looks like he's coming from the dining room. Um, at first, I thought maybe he just like stayed there, uh, in the kitchen, uh, and just got drunker, right. You know, maybe hanging out with Chris, but there's no way to know. And we, we only know that time has passed and Burke is now, Super drunk
1: right, well, if he did stay in the kitchen, I don't know if I'd trust him like he he, he smashes a cup in the previous moment he's like he's like, "Here's my glass man smashes it. Yeah. like no more glasses unsupervised for you,
0: yeah, yeah, he doesn't strike me as the guy who'd be like, "Oh let me clean that up for you
1: like, <laughs> yeah
0: that would be that would
1: be carl's job or or Willie's job, right,
0: and so Chris would not want uh them in the same room again, <laughs> so yeah, so she'd probably like usher him off somewhere
1: right um, well, Burke doesn't even have any problem with Willie, probably because he called Willie a Nazi once, and she was like, "Oh. Please do not. That really bothers me. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's not fun anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to her husband because her husband. <laughs> like,
0: I like it when people get angry at me. Right. I,
1: like, right.
0: I, don't want, I don't want to make anybody sad. <laughs> Jeez. Ugh. What's coming in this world? You call somebody a Nazi and they, they break out in tears. <laughs> in tears. <It's>... God. Um, <laughs> so they're carrying him out. And he seems to be in a good mood. Maybe he pissed somebody else off in the time between. <laughs> um, and now they, they get him to the door, and Chris says, "Listen, Burke, your car's at the curb. Louis's waiting. It's nice and warm. So is Louis the valet, or is Louis driving him home? Because I don't think Burke is in any sort of condition to be driving home.
1: I think Louis is the, is the driver um, that drives. Chris Louis route. is Mike the driver. Is Mike the driver? Okay, hold on. <laughs> let me let me listen
0: to. No, him. no, no. I, I, I'm 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 agreeing with you. So Louis is Mike. Louis is Mike. <laughs> oh God. You're just with me, but... finished with Jesuit Dean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so remember. Okay, uh, um, back when uh, Chris finishes shooting, yes. Um, and she's walking down the steps, right? And she gets to um. Uh, her car her she car. puts her little
1: bag in and she's right
0: like, oh. and i was like oh we're gonna meet mike the driver right and he's uh, and she's like you know it's like oh I'll, I'll walk home mike this is right before tubular bells right she instead of getting in the car with mike mm-hmm. who she clearly says mike his right. name is yeah. mike yes. in the movie um <laughs> it's like i'll walk home and then tubular bells uh you know plays as she walks home but then i think i remember you said that in the screenplay
1: mike's name is louis okay let me look it up I did that in real time while you we were speaking in the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Mike, the driver's name is Tommy. I feel like walking Tommy.
0: Oh, okay. so Louis so is
1: some other uh, some other. Louis
0: driver. is completely okay. <laughs> so okay, so still I have questions <laughs> because okay, so it, it, the way that Chris says like like so Louis is waiting. It's nice and warm. Mm-hmm. So that implies that 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 Burke is not going to be driving. Right, like he's going to be like sleeping in the back seat or something while Louie – takes him home and then we have this uh, this really funny bit of business uh, Burke is sort of uh, standing there and then he hugs Chris and it's really sweet and really cute but like also we get a shot of Chris's face and she's surprised but she's also not right. she's like yeah this is my Burke and uh, then she pulls away and it looks like he's about to say something and Chris says yes honey what and, and her tone is really motherly and like again uh, we get the feeling that this is not an unusual occurrence right she's probably taken care of him in this exact way many times. And we can even see Sharon and she's looking at him with kindness and patience because, yeah, she's probably been there for those Burke sitting sessions as well. Now, Burke struggles valiantly, but Alas, he cannot remember what he was going to say. And so he turns away with a wave of his hand and a half formed curse on his lips. Uh, the subtitle says fuck, but I don't think he even manages that. Sounds like
1: fuck. Right. <laughs> um,
0: so he is, he is far gone. If Burke can't even utter one of his favorite words, you know he is way more plastered. Uh, he, is, he is plastered, spackled, grouted, and mortared. <laughs> he's been moited. He's been moited. Um, he is three sheets to the southwest wind. <laughs>
1: Oh, Oh, really good um, comedy lesson that I got once uh, in a Uh script I had written, a sitcom, like a three camera sitcom. So very jokey. Every other line is a joke, you know. Uh Um, And I I said, oh, I don't know about that. He was always uh, pretty drunk. Right. Mm-hmm. And then my friend is like, oh, whenever it's drunk, you should, you should replace that with some other fun word. There's always a more yeah. fun word than drunk. So,
0: yeah, I was actually, I was thinking, it's like, hmm, can we like go off and like explore? <laughs> like what's another, what are some, what are some other, like, do you have any favorite ways to describe someone being drunk? Well,
1: with that one, I went sloshed. I think slosh is a funny word for it. Um, hammered, of course. Uh, oh geez. I do like mortared now, but anything like blitzed, tanked. Blitzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, any of that's fun, because any of those hard sounds sound like you're drunk, but any of those soft sounds too. He's, yeah. he's a little swished.
0: He's a little squished. He's a little possessed no, um, He's a little pazoozed. He's a little pazoozed. Oh, my God. How, how how has no one used that? It's pazoozed. He's going to pazooze you. He's going to pazooze you. Pazooze you. <laughs> Father Karras, it's my daughter. She's pazoozed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, uh, sorry. I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm this what I she's been possessed
1: the power of gravity is <laughs> a
0: God your mother's your mother's <laughs> in here with us Karis. Oh, it's a really fun time
1: well, well, I, let, me, uh, let me ask you this uh, why, why mm-hmm. you do this to me Demi <laughs> Why is it?
0: <laughs> and, just, and just as, as Karis's mother, right. she gets like just, uh, you know, she stands up in the bed. She's like, let, let me tell let you, me, you let me something. You. So I, I, I wasn't able to say this when I was alive, but, but God damn it.
1: Why do you do this to me? Do <laughs> I ask you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and looking like just really really kind of like intensely into their eyes in the way that it's like I'm not drunk I'm not drunk I'm
1: not possessed maybe you're I'm not possessed maybe you're possessed maybe you're possessed maybe you're, you're projecting He's just <laughs> what was that Proje- projecting <laughs> oh god
0: she's imitating Burke in every possible way that's right she's throwing up she's Accusations. cursing. Accusations. Flames on the side of my face. Oh my god. I worry sometimes if we get like a little bit too, like we're getting goofier and goofier. We're getting so silly. It's
1: a goofy movie. Uh, yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> I would say it's even goofier than a goofy movie. God. Okay, alright, 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 alright. Bringing it back, bringing it back. Um, yeah. So then Burke leaves. Bye, Burke. Bye, Burke. See you later. <sighs> really, really. See you later. Yeah. You're definitely coming. This isn't. This isn't goodbye forever. Um, so he leaves, and we get a shot of Chris and Sharon's reactions. Right. And again, it's it's shock, it's disbelief, but it's also fondness. And they share a, a look, and they close the door. And then Chris dramatically leans against it and says, "God, I hope he makes it." And Sharon says, I do too. So wait, is he driving home? No,
1: he's definitely going- not driving home, right? Why would you say, I hope he makes <laughs> he's got- it? I think it's like, I hope he makes it to the car. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that would make sense.
0: Because, yeah, that's... <laughs> Cause that confused me so much. It's like Louis's in the car. Right, it's Louis's nice trying. and warm. Oh good. Oh good. Burke's got a chaperone. He's, he's uh you know, he's, he's being uh, driven home, but then she closes the doors. Like, God, I hope he, God, I hope he doesn't die in a huge fireball. <laughs> like, why would you say, God, I hope he makes it like <laughs> the car's at the curb. Okay. But now, okay. You've, you've, you've assuaged my fears. <laughs>
1: Well, we did talk about um, all the smoking and the exorcist that, you know, uh, Chris um, uses her cigarette as a prop in Dr. Klein's office, right? (laughs) Um, And this, this certainly was the time before Mothers Against Drunk Driving and and the huge culture change, you know, you try to explain that to, um, to our students, you know, nowadays about like, yeah, people used to drive home drunk. And it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was seen as not something you'd want to do. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe you let that person go drive drunk.
0: Right, right. Right. It's so baked into the culture now. It's like, like it's, it's, it's unthinkable. It's like, wait, what? No. Um, but yeah, like, like to that point, I, I imagine Burke has driven home drunk many and many yes, times for sure. Um, yeah,
1: that is what I people mean, if he's directing drunk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is what people did back then. But yeah, when you're, when you're yeah directing drunk and at the command of uh, a lot of machinery, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you, if you haven't been on a movie set before, you should know it is a very it's not let's not say it's like an unsafe place like it's not like like there's not like um table saws everywhere but like it is a place where you can get into a false sense of security and safety is a really major thing in a film set right yes. Because people have died on film sets and, and you know in terrible accidents but like it is a place where like it tricks you into thinking that oh this is you know this is a fun magical time and it's safe and um you know but it is a work set right? yes. it's a work site yeah. like like you like the people who who work there dress like they're on a construction site for a reason yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's the land of make believe. There's no way that this sword fight can actually hurt me until it does. Right, exactly. Until somebody makes a mistake, or you know, or I'm going to die from this building. But it's okay because it's not actually a building. It's like you know, um, uh, ten feet off the ground. <laughs> but still, that can that can kill a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. So he he's out. Um, well, not out forever. No, I I wouldn't imply that. Um, <laughs> At all. Uh, But yeah, like I was saying before, Burke strikes me as the type of guy who has done this before many, many times. Um, But for you folks out there, a little PSA. Don't be like Burke. Don't drink and drive. And don't be like Chris and Sharon. Don't let someone who's drunk, especially someone as drunk as Burke seems to be, drive home. We got Ubers now. It's easier than ever to take care of this. And Chris, you have money. <laughs> even if you don't got Ubers, you can make Ubers. You can get someone to drive him home. Where's Mike?
1: <laughs> or or Louie or Tommy. Or Louie. Right, yeah. <laughs> Mike, Louie, Tommy. Um, I also heard a recent study that, so if you are someone who is getting drunk, um, to be sure that you dr- get an Uber or get a ride because um, it's, um, it's even dangerous for you to be walking home. Mm, That walking drunk is an incredibly dangerous thing. But of course you don't think that you're like, okay, well, I'm doing better because I'm not driving,
0: right? I'm not going to crash, right?
1: But the, the, but like the day after new year's, apparently there's a lot of fatalities of of drunken pedestrians that we don't think about. Right. right
0: I can see it, like yeah, like just stumbling on the curb mm-hmm. and then just falling into the traffic or something right, like that. Right, exactly.
1: Be safe out there. One of my students, uh, Lou Deal, they would say whenever we were talking about safety on a movie set or whenever we were in class and like let's do that safely. Um, they would turn to everyone and say, "Hey, you know what's not lame, guy?" And then do the little finger guns thing to everyone, <laughs> and then they say, "Safety." So that's 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 become my little <laughs> motto. So you know what's not lame, guys? Safety.
0: You know what's you know what's a total bummer, guys? Die <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh yeah yeah so okay so I, i'm assuming that louis is the driver mm-hmm. right um i wonder yeah is, is this why we made a new character in in uh louis being the driver uh rather than well how, jesus chris how many drivers do you have <laughs> you got mike the driver you got uh tommy the driver well i guess they're the same person um <laughs>
1: but then Carl yeah, got,
0: Carl's driving. Yeah, and Carl, right? Carl's supposed to be the driver for like like the the main driver, right? But I can see like why they would have someone other than Carl be the driver for Burke uh because that scene <laughs> would be well actually I kind of want to see that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Carl driving Burke home. Oh my god. Um in any case, so this is the minute where we literally close the door on Burke. Oh. Um oh Keenan is there anything else we want to uh,
1: talk about in this minute uh no I think we got it
0: folks this has been another excellent exorcist minute I've been Lester Ryan Clark you can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark
1: and I am Keenan Dean and you could find me on letterbox and Instagram as howdy Keenan howdy Keenan I love it
0: uh, our website for the show is the Uh we also have a Facebook page so if you like us and you want to share us with your friends you can head over there uh, we also have a listener group uh, on Facebook called compelling Conference. Conversations. Uh, just request to join and we'll let you in, and then you can be in here with us. Um, and uh, also, if you want to leave us a message, uh, our email is theexorcistminute at gmail.com, all one word. Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, tell us how you found this film. What's your history with it? What's the, the scariest moment in the movie for you? Do you have any memories of like when you first saw it? Uh, we love hearing other people's experiences with this film. Uh, lastly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for uh, a new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a little five-star review and that'll help other people find us and we can keep growing this cool community. Uh, I met so many really cool people already and I, you know, I want to meet more. All right. So, Kenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. uh, uh, the, 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 The power of Jimmy Stewart compels you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the the power is not here. It's in Bill's house and Fred's house. <laughs> oh, Merry, Merry Christmas, Exorcist! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Washington! Georgetown uh, University! My lip's bleeding, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bed back. was
0: shaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, your mother's in here with us if you want to, you know, if you want to just like stop by for some tea. <laughs> you know, every time a bell rings, uh, a Pazuzu gets his wings.
1: Now, Pazuzu, that's a funny name for a fella, isn't it if you think about it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful life, but it's just instead of Clarence, it's Pazuzu. <laughs> well <laughs> oh, hey are, are you gonna tell me not to jump what uh well uh, uh, no i i think you should go ahead with it
1: Oh, <laughs> well, i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it this time Azuzu. oh no stop no <laughs> he just has a nail file He's like, he...
0: <laughs> no don't do it you got so much more to live for
1: that's the beginning of this christmas classic and i i'm gonna kill myself <laughs> that's really what happens <laughs>
0: Wow, good old family fun. (laughs) And they say, I'm weird. (laughs)